Welcome to the Makeshift CMO, a startup marketing podcast for founders and early stage company teams. All right, everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Makeshift CMO. Today, I have another fire guest for you. This is Ilya Brodsky. He's the CEO of VanHack. They are the fastest way to hire tech talent, help Canadian companies scale their tech teams quickly. Personally, I met Ilya when I sat next to him and his team at the Ryerson DMZ. From that point, I knew that Ilya was a man on the mission to get tech talent hired efficiently and achieve the life they want. He is solving two problems, getting tech talent to Canada and then helping Canadian tech companies scale quickly and get talent hired efficiently. Recently, Ilya and I had the chance to connect and collab on some marketing strategy as it relates to B2B acquisition. And I'm really excited to dive into that today. Ilya, thanks for coming on. Bruce, my pleasure. Super excited to be here as well. Awesome, awesome. And just in case our listeners do not know who you are, talk to us briefly about the Van Hack story, you know, the who, what, why of how you founded the company and why VanHack. So VanHack is an online community of software developers from all over the world who are interested in international jobs. And we connect these candidates to companies that are looking to hire senior and diverse candidates quickly. We've been around for about five years and have helped about a thousand people, just about to hit a thousand people, 996 <laughs> to be exact, but soon to be a thousand wow. people get hired. And we work with companies mostly in North America and Europe. Some notable companies are Booking.com, Accenture, Brex, Skip the Dishes, Morgan Stanley, and many others. We love especially working with startups too. Awesome. And I'm so glad you got on that point because we're going to talk about your guys' marketing and growth strategy. You guys are targeting Canadian tech companies, but talk to us about what your guys' goals are from a marketing and growth perspective for 2021 and beyond. Yeah. So right now we're really looking to hone in on companies who are hiring and bringing them onto the platform. So the goal is to just have as many of those kind of companies Companies find out about VanHack and give us a chance to help them fill their roles. The challenges there are that there's a lot of people in the space, there's a lot of noise, and we're trying to figure out ways to cut through the clutter. And we've got a variety of strategies that we found have worked pretty well. But the goal right now is, I jokingly tell my team, I want every single company in North America and Europe who's hiring software engineers to know who VanHack is. So <laughs> well, that's what we're trying to get to. And that's why he's CEO, ladies and gentlemen. So one thing I did want to, because you and I had a conversation recently about your marketing strategy and looks like you guys are really ramping up. I think for a lot of founders out there, a challenge for them is to understand when they should start ramping up their marketing, when they should start throwing money at their ads. Talk to me about how you came to the decision to start doing that and start really scaling up your B2B strategy. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we've wanted to do for a while and we've been experimenting on and off for the last few years. And a lot of it has to do with finding kind of the channel that works. So for us, paid marketing hadn't been until kind of recently super effective. So it was much more focused on sales, cold cold outbound, referrals, channel partners, things like that. And, you know, these days with kind of COVID happening, a lot of those channels stop, like can't really go to meetups and, and things like that to find customers. So we really start focusing and honing in more on the digital channels to get the leads and customers. What was the point where, cause you just mentioned how there was a point where paid marketing wasn't working. Why and what was the point that it started to work? Was it, you guys just hit the right AB test? You guys found the right audience? You guys just something clicked? What was it? You know, 
know, it's hard. I wish I could tell you it was specifically this thing. I think it was just experimentation, right? Like experimentation and patience. So we tried different channels, like we tried Google ads, we tried Facebook ads and, and LinkedIn ads. And what kind of we found has worked is LinkedIn ads. It was a matter of just experimenting and testing a lot, different messaging, different copy, creative, different audiences, retargeting, all those different things to figure out that, okay, this message works with this audience. And now how do we grow that? It's been a lot of trial and error. For sure. I was going to ask about another point that you were talking about, your channels. Having followed the Van Hack story, I know you guys were big on meetups before. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about how we all know COVID happened this year. Meetups are not possible, but I think we'd all love to hear some really fun and creative ways that you guys were able to weather that storm and recalibrate your guys' business tactics without meetups. Yeah, so we used to have these events where we would fly developers into a city that they want to move to. So we'd fly them to Toronto or Berlin or Montreal or different cities that they, they'd like to go to, to immigrate to. And we would invite companies to come and meet them in person, you know, have the typical meetup with a guest speaker, some wine and cheese, the networking, etc. We call those events Leap. And of course, once COVID hit, we had to cancel actually the last meetup or the meetup we were planning because it was right in March and then just canceled for the rest of the year. And definitely, we still don't know when those will come back as of this recording. And it was really tough, actually, because that was a big part of our business. I mean, it was a really good way for us to get companies to come and give us a chance. And it was a really good way to match the two sides because, you know, when you meet in person, there's just something magical about it. I mean, magical is the right word, but there's, you know, very high fidelity. So you can get to the truth of if you like this person or not faster. So anyway, yeah, that was pretty tough. And, and generally, COVID was tough for us because companies were laying people off and not really knowing what was going on. So it was a hard moment. But now we found that the, the virtual events that we're running actually are really great, too. And there's a lot of advantages those such as people don't have to pay money to travel but the problem before was you know you had to get someone's visas to be approved a lot of our engineers are from africa and getting tourist visas for people from africa sometimes can be hard etc flights and all these things and even like booking a room <laughs> finding a place in toronto to, to host a bunch of interviews you know got challenging so things like that we don't have to worry about anymore and then also we can open up the scope as to like where both candidates and employers are from so it wasn't just companies in toronto it could be companies from all over the world and the same thing with candidate side so the events got bigger of course nothing really replaces in person or at least not yet maybe we'll have you know ar vr in the future for these but we found that those events have been really good the new virtual ones that we're doing we had three so far this kind of last two months and we're planning to do a lot more next year including women in tech events next march will, will be our next event that's been kind of a learning and i guess pivot maybe the wrong word but like an adjustment that we had to make uh, but everyone you know had to make adjustments this year so it was good and then hopefully next year we'll do or a combination so we'll have some in-person events and some virtual events and give people an option of what they want to do I would guess that that was a blessing in disguise because correct me if I'm wrong, are you guys incurring the costs or were you guys incurring the costs when there was the in-person events you guys were paying for the developers to fly out? Is that correct? Yeah, we have for $500 of the cost. So it was partially paid and that definitely adds up once you right, have right. You know, 20, 30, 40 people coming to an event that, that is totally. not a small amount. But the benefit though of those events is that we can get 10 people hired in a week so the revenue would make up for it but I think you're right like going forward once we kind of really nail down the virtual events even better like learning you know every time hopefully the cost will be very low and the revenue will be higher than it was before so yeah that's always the goal right awesome so with this show the makeshift CMO 
there are a mix of listeners talk about solo marketing managers of a very small team, founders who get involved with their team's marketing, and founders who are very involved with their company's marketing. You seem to be in the camp where you have a background doing some paid. Talk to me about how hands-on, hands-off you are with the marketing strategy. Talk about that piece of it for Van Hack. Yeah, I would say I'm pretty hands-on. I kind of have a marketing background, uh, something that I'm really passionate about, I like a lot. So I would say I'm fairly hands-on. I'm not like super in the weeds of every little thing, but I do try and give my opinion on stuff if I think see something that, that could be better. I always like to come up with ideas as well. Like I think one thing that I, I really enjoy doing is talking to customers and be, asking them, you know, why Why did you sign up? What made you join? What about that hack is great? And kind of getting that feedback and then be able to relay that back to the marketing team and say, hey, you know, well, let's try this kind of messaging because a bunch of companies told me that this specific reason was why they wanted to work with us. It's not just about, you know, hiring developers. It's about, for example, we redid our homepage and it was one of the better things we did actually because one of our customers said, you know what, it's not about hiring developers, it's about getting 10 candidates right away. So when you come to vanhack.com and click on I'm hiring, you can see a place where it's like, if you put your email here and search and put in some skills, you'll get a result of the kind of top candidates that we have for that position. So things like that, where it's like a combination of marketing product on site, what's it called? On page marketing, I forget the exact term, marketing to get people to your site and there's marketing gets them to convert. I'm talking about the one to get them to convert in this case. <laughs> no um, worries. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that kind of stuff I really enjoy doing. So that's kind of how I see things. And you'll have, of course, the weekly one-on-one with our head of marketing. And I do really enjoy seeing the success, like when we have people converting or people kind of saying, oh, you guys seem to be all over the place. That's really fun. All I was over the place in a positive way. <laughs> totally, <laughs> <Everywhere>. totally. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. How do you relay your top level strategic information as a founder to your marketing team? Does it happen? You mentioned one-on-ones, but do you guys do like team-wide retrospectives with your product team and even sales or what's your guys's sort of process for that do you guys keep it all sort of departments are kind of just doing the thing one-on-one or is everybody kind of collaborative on that yeah, so our marketing team is pretty small. Like we only have really two people in it. One's focused on the employer side, the other person's focused on the candidate side. So we have pretty regular meetings. The one that I'm more engaged with these days is on the employer side. And you know, we chat daily, right? Like it's always having conversations. Hey, what about this? Let's try this. Let's get this done. This is a good idea for a blog post, whatever it might be. So we chat pretty often. We have the you know formal weekly call, but there's always ideas that are shared on pretty much a daily basis. That's always a challenge with the sort of two sided products where you've got the mm. employer side and the developer side but how do you find that balance because i know there's a lot of companies these days that are going after that business model where there's sort of two sides to it have you ever found yourself kind of getting more caught up on the developer side and then realizing oh, oh gosh i've got to figure myself out more on the employer side how do you find that balance it really is a juggling act so when we started van Heck, we were only focused on the candidates and at the time they weren't candidates they were students because we started as an online school so really it was kind of like a, not, it wasn't a marketplace it was an online education platform so that I think actually worked out well for us because we didn't really like I naively didn't think about recruiting <laughs> and so I just was like okay let's get a bunch of candidates or I mean sorry students and then I realized oh they actually can be candidates too and I remember like building our first talent pool which was just like I asked everyone to fill out a Google form with their name, email, and their kind of skills that they have. And that turned into a Google sheet of like a name, email, and a bunch of skills per person. And that was our, our first talent pool. And then it kind of happened naturally where companies would ask us for specific kind of candidates, like just friends of mine, because I worked at a startup incubator. 
at the time and went to a lot of hiring fairs that happened here in, in town. And people would just ask me, oh, hey, do you have this kind of candidate or that kind of candidate? And I would say yes and make introductions. Anyway, that's to say is that like it's evolved over time, right? And I feel like our candidate strategy is it's not perfect. There's definitely a lot of things that could be improved. But we have an imbalanced marketplace where we have much more candidates than we have employers. And right now we're just focused on most of my time, not we as a team, but just me and kind of more, more focused on the, the employer side. Definitely I think about candidate side all the time too, but like the value of us getting a company to join and make a hire is is a lot greater than specifically as a candidate. But it goes back and forth. Like there's sometimes where we're like, okay, we need to take a break here and really focus on the candidate side. So it's almost like a feeling kind of thing. It's not really a data-driven decision. It's just like, okay, we posted a lot of jobs and they're not feeling them. Okay, we need more candidates. Oh, we're getting jobs and there's too many candidates for the jobs Then we need more employers. So you always need like kind of both and we're working hard to get both sides. And the real trick is how to match the two. But it's something where right now it's really like hardcore focused on the employer side because we know we have candidates that are ready for them. It sounds like you guys are really starting to figure out that balance between, you know, the LTV like CAC scale. You touched on a really interesting point there, which is, you know, suppose I'm the CEO of a tech company and I want to hire 10 developers. Me coming into the Van Hack ecosystem is going to provide such a better, probably economic value, at least right now but talk to me about what you guys are going to keep doing in terms of targeting employers are you guys finding more success with early stage startups like the ones we work at or maybe like the Shopify's of the world? I would say it's between, we call it like the scale up. So yeah, that's really the best kind of company is like company with, let's say 20 to 500 employees that has like recently gotten funding or just companies that are not, like Shopify is actually the reason we exist in terms of like they hire all the talent, they're gonna hire 2021, 2021 people in 2021 on the dev team. So that's kind of a crazy, you know, Amazon, all those other companies as well, hiring tons of people. And so the scale ups are the ones with the challenge of how do we fill those roles especially since they don't have that employer brand that the, the bigger guys do and the startups are great to work with but it's usually like a one-off thing or maybe maybe two but yeah the companies that are hiring let's say 20 15 even you know 10 people are really the, the ones that we can help because we can do like hiring at scale and quickly fill a bunch of roles for a company is part of that reason that scale-ups are how do i want to say this they don't take as long to make big decisions like hiring? Is it because when a scale-up says, we're gonna hire 10 developers, they're looking to move pretty quickly because in that phase, you're a little more nimble and agile, or is it just because of the nature of the company itself? Uh, yeah, definitely, I think you're right. It's a good mix between they have the need to hire people and grow, and it's not too big of a company where no one wants to make a mistake and get fired, and it's just hard to find a typical large company situation. So yeah, I think that's kind of the best type of company to work with in our case. One thing you also touched on this earlier, Van Hack is getting out there in a positive way. And of course I'm talking about PR. You guys are all over BetaKit. I'm always seeing stuff pop up on my LinkedIn. Is that a part of a concerted effort by founder and marketer? Or is that just something that is coming as a byproduct of the product doing well? Or is there a concerted sort of strategic direction that pushes the PR side? 
Yeah, it's funny. We've never really had success with PR. So it's, it's actually interesting that you're saying that. I feel like we're, we're not getting enough. <laughs> I mean, always, right? But we try and share our success cases and stories and create compelling content and kind of show that what we're doing is, you know, a lot of people think, oh, this is crazy. Like hiring someone we've never, never, I mean, nowadays it's not as crazy, but just sharing success cases is proof that we can deliver on what, what we say we can do. And I think that's been kind of a tactic of ours that people always say, hey, this kind of works and this is impactful. It's great to see. But in terms of like going out and getting press, like that's actually been something we've we've struggled with I feel like it's a hard to measure the return it takes a long time journalists not really reliable so I haven't really like I'm grateful for all the press we've gotten but we don't rely on that and we don't put too much effort into, into that it's much more effort into content and just like paid advertising the words of a CEO who wants to be known by everybody who wants to hire a developer no less Let's talk about the specific channels. Uh, we touched on LinkedIn earlier. Talk to me at a 360 level what your guys' strategy is on LinkedIn, because it is something that is quite a mystery to most people, less so than Facebook or Google. Yeah, I mean, and the point you just said about like wanting to know, like everyone to know who we are, I think like there's ways to do that that are more effective than PR, right? Like we can get referrals to all those companies, we can send them all emails, we can figure out like, it's kind of open data, right? Like everyone who's got an open job, it's the data's all out there. So, you know, that's the way we do it, much more laser rather than bazooka. In terms of LinkedIn, it's a great channel. Like I think a lot of people don't take it as seriously, but I mean, their newsfeed is someone, I think it was Gary Vee was talking about how LinkedIn is Facebook, how Facebook was 10 years ago. Because I think a lot of people who like were very Facebook users 10 years ago are now in their kind of professional career and more on LinkedIn. And for our vertical, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like HR, you know, hiring LinkedIn is like, obviously that's like their use case. So it's been a really good channel for us, both in terms of kind of posting content on as well as doing ads. And the ads we run are kind of like pretty simple, like, hey, are you hiring a developer? We can help. I mean, different, different variations of that, but that's kind of the, the type of ads that we do and what we do. Yeah. Did you guys ever find ads success with Google ads or did you find that there was too much competition? We haven't yet. Not to say that we don't want to. It's like, to be in our head of marketing and I are having right now and, and I definitely am, I'm open to it and like like I said it just uh, like the LinkedIn ads it's much more like you know when you've got a lead because right, someone fills in the form and it's like direct from LinkedIn whereas Google ads you don't know if they came from Google ads or not and the targeting isn't as strong so yeah definitely open to it but like we've had more success with LinkedIn I totally like that viewpoint because a lot of young marketers can really get wrapped up in metrics like clicks click-through rates you know, conversions in the ad platform. But hearing from a CEO who likes marketing, that perspective is really helpful because you're saying like LinkedIn is easier to prove the ROI because you know who you're targeting. And I think that's a really powerful message for those who are looking to allocate their ads a little more efficiently. So as Van Hack is hitting the positive trajectory of that proverbial hockey stick, Ilya, I'd love to hear straight from the CEO's mouth about what the future looks for Van Hack, what 
the future of work looks like in a work from home post COVID world. Just want to get your thoughts on that real quick. For sure. Yeah. So we've really seen a huge shift to remote, obviously, this year. And a lot of people thought that that would be a big challenge for us, including internally, because our whole value proposition was relocation. And what I'm seeing is it's actually not just about remote, not just about relocation, but work from anywhere. And giving people that flexibility and opportunity to move to the country that they want to is actually even more valuable now. So a lot of our companies, they're making hires. Actually, a DMZ company yesterday made a hire to a company, to a candidate, and told them, hey, you can work from anywhere in Canada you want. You don't have to move to Toronto. And the candidate happened to want to move to Vancouver in this case, but maybe he would be another city. But that's happening more and more, where you're starting to see companies saying, location doesn't matter as long as you're in the time zone or close to it. So I guess that matters a little bit. And, you know, the candidate said, okay, well, I prefer to work remotely and I want to be living in this city and I want to be living in this country. So that we're seeing is really kind of exciting trend, which will allow companies who are embracing this kind of work from anywhere mindset to be much more competitive and to be able to compete with the likes of Shopify and Amazon and all those other guys who themselves are actually <laughs> offering these incentives. So you really have to be progressive there and not let things like where the candidate currently lives or the fact that they're not in your home country or city be a barrier. And, and that's been really, like I think, transformative for us this year. So in a way, it's been a blessing. And yeah, we just see that continuing more and more where it's going to be like, if it's not already, you know, like a truly global talent marketplace where companies and candidates are, you know, that conversation will happen. Like, of course, we'll, we'll sponsor your visa. Of course, you can work from anywhere. Like, definitely, why not? So it's an exciting time. And and our mission to create a borderless world for tech talent, I think is getting closer and closer. That's awesome. Talk to me about how VanHack is doing it. I know you guys are I'm in Vancouver and Toronto. Are you guys using, you know, Donut and Slack? Or what are some VanHack work remote traditions that you guys have implemented? Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about <laughs> writing this blog post about our remote stack for a while. I don't know if people would find that valuable. But yeah, so our remote stack, as they call it, would be... I love that remote stack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I'll have to write that one. So it's Slack for sure. That's our office and, and kind of where we work from and for better or for worse, <laughs> that's what we, we communicate with. And within Slack, I think we have a pretty good methodology where every morning we have actually, we built this bot and I'm thinking about actually releasing this as a product, but like it's values bot, we call it. So every morning you come to that values bots, shares a random value of that hack, like we have our six values and it shares one of them randomly every morning. Or I think it has the same six, they just rotate you know, every morning. So that's really cool, I like that. We all say good morning, so we have people saying like morning to when they start, and it's a nice way to start the day. And then every time there's a hire that happens on that hack, we share it as well automatically with the team. People get really excited about those moments, and it's a lot of fun. In terms of other tools, one tool that's really great is 15.5, which is a productivity and kind of feedback tool. There's a bunch of these tools, another one called Seven Geese, which is a local one here in Vancouver that just actually was acquired, but yeah, there are seven geese and there's a few others out there. And those are really helpful to kind of get a pulse on where the company's at in terms of like on Fridays, you submit your 15.5, which is kind of a 15 minute report you write and then five minutes for the manager to take and that that's kind of to review. So that those are good. Also, you can give people high fives. So every time someone gets a high five, that's posted into our team channel, which is a nice one. We use Asana a lot. Asana is actually really good. I know that they went public this year and are growing fast. They also do a lot of YouTube ads, speaking of marketing, I see their ads everywhere. And Asana is really good for, for task management and kind of keeping track of where everything's at and giving people like just talking about specific projects together, that's always good. Another really big one for us is Confluence. 
So there's, yeah. I think, a big debate between like Notion and Confluence, you know, because Notion's like the cooler version. <laughs> we're, Notion we're on is Confluence cool. And, yeah, Notion is cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you, you know, I actually have never used it, but I've heard really good things. It doesn't beat Asana in terms of functionality, but it definitely is like this cool invoke sort of, and their valuation is bonkers. Yeah, yeah, I saw that they raised the 50 million right during, right, kind of when COVID hit. Yeah, I mean, that's a good tool, but we, we use Confluence, like a last year product. It's kind of interchangeable, but I think it's really good to have, especially for new employee onboarding, to have a kind of a centralized knowledge base where everyone on the team can kind of watch and see things. Another really important tool for us is Vidyard. So, yes. uh, you know, great, yes. great Canadian startup. <laughs> A shout out to them. Yeah, that's so like it's a really good tool for us to kind of share. Hey, like this is what I'm thinking, or recording your screen and showing. So I, it must be you know blowing up this year. It's great. I would say those are kind of the main work tools, other than of course Gmail and G Suite, which is kind of obvious one. Google Drive, etc. But yeah, those would be the main. I'm trying to think of others. Of course, Zoom, right? That's kind of a given. I feel like YouTube ads could be something that you guys could try out later on once you guys are able to get like, because I know you guys have done videos. I don't know. I feel like YouTube ads could be a thing that you guys maybe try somewhere. You know, down we the do line. them for B two C, and they work really well for candidates. But I guess I could try them for B two B. I haven't really done that, but it's hard to target on YouTube by job title. So I don't know how I would target someone who's like a startup founder or a HR person or something like that, I guess, by interest. We've had some good success with them with like targeting tech talent because that's pretty easy, like interested in software or interested in gaming. That's kind of like, okay. But yeah, it's something that you're right. We should try it since we have had success with one side. I feel like if people are able to find startup CEOs and, you know, startup leaders like myself with you know asana youtube ads there's got to be something maybe it's a list maybe it's like a look-alike audience of existing customers it's mm. got there's something there i don't know i don't know i feel like there could be it's a, yeah that's a great point for sure yeah, yeah no worries no worries another thing that you were just talking about earlier there i thought it was really funny the bot with these six values you were saying you would maybe build that out that's spoken like a true entrepreneur. It would be really cool if Van Hack in the future built out this bot and it would like connect the developers you'd hired with their remote team leaders and then this bot would be used by everyone who was a van hacker client of some kind for their six values whatever that may be yeah yeah i think so we're experimenting a lot with product marketing actually and we're about to launch an applicant tracking system for free no um, way as like a yeah so like we're trying to launch a competitor to lever and greenhouse and all those players there in that market for now focused on startups and always will be free as a lead gen of source for us. We actually did launch a Slack bot, which didn't do so well in September. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was like you query for a developer on Slack, but it just the interface wasn't very good and it didn't, Bunch didn't of bugs, get too eh? much traction. Not, not so much bugs, it's just like, I don't know, like it's such an important decision and you like, you want to have a lot more rich data. Like when you post a job, you want to see the candidate full profile and all those kind of things. And also there's a little bit of curation that needs to happen. But I think the value bot, we, like we already had it built. I'm not sure how hard it would be to just to like, spin up a landing page and throw it out there. But I think the reason we did it is because like we don't have an office, so we can't really like write our values and put them on the wall, right? Like you, know, you go into a startup office back in the day, right? You'd be able to see the, like the, the values all over the walls of the company. Over a whiteboard we, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> like all the meeting rooms have that, have the values. And so we don't really have that option. So we just put them in Slack. And it's a nice way for us to kind of remember what they are and just like a gentle reminder as well. 
it's not overbearing, you know, it's once a day in the morning and cool people put like emoji, you know, Slack emojis underneath them, depending on what the value is. That's something that I will tell my team and we will try that. I think it could be because you guys are doing an ATS right now. Mm. I love how you mentioned that that was a lead gen tool for you guys. Kind of reminds me of how HubSpot gives away a CRM mm -hmm. for free. Everything else on top is something they sell, but the thing they give away for free is so good that it just gets people using that all the time that they're just like, I'm already using HubSpot for this. Like, why not just use the other products? Is that sort of the idea? Exactly, yeah, yep, that's, that's exactly right. Awesome. Yeah, that would be incredible to see you guys own that part of the value chain and take down Lever or I don't know, not take down Lever. I, I think they're doing really well too. They've raised, <laughs> yeah. but you guys- yeah, they're doing well. I mean, there's a lot of players in the space and it's a huge market. Like every, basically every company needs an ATS because you're like anyone who's hiring needs an ATS. So right now we're focused on like companies who are just don't have anything like really early. Like if you have spreadsheets or usually like Notion or Airtable or, or something like that. And then we'd be able to kind of jump in and help out. But I think over time we'll build out the product to be hopefully as sophisticated as a lever or greenhouse or one of these. So then companies would be like, well, why are we going to pay you know, X thousand dollars per year or per month to one of these players when there's that hack and it's free, just like HubSpot does for their CRM. Awesome. One question I wanted to ask you before we run out of time is the state of Canadian tech. It's talked about at every tech TO. Canada has all this amazing talent. We have good companies, ideas. Maybe there's not that much, maybe the challenges on the capital side but I'd love to hear your thoughts on brain drain going down south. Is that still a thing? I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's definitely a brain drain. I think that's no question. There's even other like recruiting companies whose whole value prop is to help American companies hire Canadian developers. And there's, I think, like with the rise of remote, a lot more developers who are in Canada are just like looking at the <laughs> higher salaries and exchange rate and saying, why am I working for a Canadian no company? No uh, question. You know, yeah. I mean, who's to blame them, right? Like if you can get a job that's basically double your salary, why not? And for the American company, it's a great deal. So now not so much maybe a physical brain drain, but like a virtual brain drain that's happening into the US in terms of like the developers. And, and that's one of the problems that we're, you know, we're solving is to bring back and have a brain gain of all these global developers coming to Canada. You know, we also help companies in Germany and Ireland and other countries in Europe hire too. And hopefully one day the US will reform immigration. We'll see with Biden. That'll be exciting too, to bring developers all over the United States. But yeah, I mean, I think the Canadian tech ecosystem is awesome. Like, you know, there's so much good news happening. I saw, you know, Neil Financial got $50 million in funding today, for example. Proud to have them as a customer for a couple of years now and help them hire about 10 people. But, you know, there's so many other success cases like Verifin was bought for $2.5 billion. Benevity, another customer of Hack was bought for $1.1 recently. Like, there's all these really great success cases. One that I really like in particular was uh, a point-click care, which is a, you know, really great Toronto success case. They bought an American company <laughs> recently. So that was really cool to see uh, Canadian companies yeah. buying American the companies. Reverse, versus, yeah, the yeah. total reverse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Maybe one day Van Hack will buy an American company <laughs> just to be able to say that. Awesome. Yeah, but no, I mean, who knows, right? It's really great. And like, I'm super proud that we're in Canada. I think these days as well, it's a huge strategic advantage for early stage companies. Like if you if you raise from American VCs, like you can just use that money so much further, right? Like if you raise a million dollars US, it's like what, 1.4 Canadian. And like that money goes so much further here. So I think there's an increased interest, right? Of Silicon Valley. Like right now there's this huge debate about all these people fleeing Silicon Valley 
probably going to Austin, Miami, Seattle. And I think a lot of those Silicon Valley folks are just looking and not having this bias and prejudice. You don't have to like go to Sand Hill Road anymore. You can just do a Zoom call and do 10 Zoom calls and all that in, in terms of fundraising. So I think that's been really good. So we're, we're seeing more and more VC activity. We're seeing more people hiring, more people growing. It's just awesome to be part of this ecosystem. It's great. Awesome. Ilya, it's been great having you on today. And I hope everybody got so much value out of a founder marketer who is operating what can only be described as something that is giving that, in his words, brain gain to the Canadian tech ecosystem. If you want to learn about what Van Hack is doing, Ilya, how do people get in contact with you? Yeah, I'm pretty easy to read. Just Ilya, I-L-Y-A, at vanhack.com on email. I'm the only person with my name on LinkedIn. So, you know, just search <laughs> Ilya Brodsky. Funny story, I used to like absolutely hate my name. You know, I immigrated to Canada when I was young and everyone like couldn't pronounce my name. I still actually had someone mispronounce my name today on a call. I made fun of as a kid and I used to hate it. But now it's like I'm unique. <laughs> so, side note. Anyway, digress. Please contact me. Like I'm super open for flexible. If you're looking for any advice, happy to give that. Of course, if you're looking to hire people, we can help with that too. We're pretty open and approachable as a company and love to help in any way we can. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Makeshift CMO. If you want to follow what we're doing to help early stage startups, founders, and marketers subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. For all business inquiries, please email us at bruce at thebannermarketing.co or follow us on IG at banner.co.